What's up, metalheads? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify. Also, Instagram at talklouder underscore podcast and our website, talklouderpodcast.com. I'm Metal Dave, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And this episode, this is all you're going to get. It's back to me and Jason. We felt like it was long overdue that we do another episode where it's just the two of us, the way this whole thing started. And uh, we thought we'd spend a little time catching up with each other. Well, and, I like what I like what we're going to talk about today because they're kind of a hot topic, and yes. that is that is Iron Maiden and yeah. the new album, which is, in my eyes, so brand new that I don't I don't really have much to talk about it. I've only recently listened to Shinjutsu. If I'm saying that right, if I'm not, just don't kill me. Too bad. Yeah. Well. It, it's important that we that we talk about this while it's fresh, whether we've heard the entire record or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, obviously, a, a special occasion and a big deal when Iron Maiden puts out uh, a brand new album. Uh, I mean, they're an international juggernaut and widely recognized as one of the most important bands in heavy metal. Yeah. So, of course, we're going to have to acknowledge it and talk about it a little bit. Yeah. But, um, um, I got. I want to do some show and tell. So yeah, um, I I was uh, in Denver, Colorado. Yep, I've heard of it. Rocky Mountain High. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, John Denver. <laughs> you know who was up against the PMRC because they thought that song was about drugs. Yeah. And it was not. Yeah. And he was offended that they thought it was about drugs. Yeah, and he told him, "F you! It's not about drugs." And have you even been to see the mountains in the morning? You know, it's incredible. It's yeah. like it might as well be drugs, but it's better. But it's not about drugs. Yeah. Anyway, enough about. We sh we could have a show on the PMRC. I was in Denver, and my buddy Justin, <clears throat> who we tend to have this trading thing going on for a while now so i think some of the other records i've gotten from him i uh i've used as a uh shot of rock and roll uh look what i got yay me kind of thing well yeah. look what he shows up to the <laughs> to, oh. to the uh denver show and he's go i got a couple venom records for you so i got black metal i don't think that it's um oh it's from the netherlands and I don't know if my other copy of this, or if I, I don't, I don't think I have this. I got wow. Welcome to Hell for Christmas. Now I had this when I was in high school, <laughs> and then everybody knows the story that I got needed money and I sold everything I had. But yeah. um, it's in real good shape, and this is not on neat records this is on roadrunner records it says published by neat but i feel like and people can correct me on this this is a reissue i don't think this is the original version i am not looking a, a gift horse in the mouth by any means but this record is in great shape and i just wanted to talk about this real quick i got this record when it was brand new 
And what year was it brand new? Is that well, 1980, 81? Yes. Yes. And I'm looking right here. <clears throat> this is a reissue that came out in 86. So this record originally did not come out in 86. Right. <laughs> uh, that's that's <laughs> like a time machine because, I mean, this record somewhat helped to influence a lot of bands that by 86 they had their first record out. This is not Venom's first record. Right. Um. It says '86. They they probably pushed some of their their publishing through in order to do this. Um. But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say '82. Wow. '83. And and, uh, and the Denver show of which you speak, where you acquired that album, was uh, a recent Dangerous Toys gig, right? That is correct. And the the the. The crowd was uh, was it was a, it was a little bit of a rager. Oh, nice! And uh, you know we we canceled all meet and greets, of course. And yeah. um, you know there were some people were you know it was cool. It was cool. It wasn't you know uh, clammy or you know there was <laughs> I wasn't high fiving anybody. You know was, everyone was cool with the social distance and right. We were unscathed. So well, uh, that's sure good. It felt great to get back out there again. Yeah, it was good. And we were in Houston the the week before that, and 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 that was good. But it was during the hurricane evac, so was, oh, some wow. other bands canceled because the the numbers down in Houston are terrible right now as far as wow. COVID goes. Here's yeah. here's something that's that's interesting as well. I also got uh, American Assault Venom, American Assault. Wow. Which I've never had this. Yeah. And this is, it's very interesting. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there's live tracks here from Hammersmith Odeon on a record called American Assault. Hammersmith Odeon is in London. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny. The songs on it are, uh, Rip Ride, Bursting Out, and Dead of Night. Uh, that's side A. Side B is, Somewhat of an EP. Side B is live. It's Gates of Hell, Countess Bathory, and Welcome to Hell. Now, this is licensed from Neat Records to Combat, and this is 86. I'm sorry, 85. Combat 85. That reissue, even though it says 86 of, yeah. of black metal, the songs that are on here are on like I don't know Rip Ride. That's on like, that's on a later record that came out in like '86 or '87. Yeah, I was gonna so say that. You one see is... how it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, I don't have my Venom discography in front of me at the moment, but <laughs> I thought you had it memorized. No, no, no. Probably, <laughs> probably thirty, forty years ago. Yeah, but this thing is yeah, it's an EP. Uh. So good, but I haven't I haven't even put the needle in the groove on these. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, interesting, kind of a weird release since it's American Assault's got three songs from like I don't even know the name of that record it, that like it was around the time they had a a rec, uh, an EP called Manitou. They had uh, the Venom discography is str quite strange. They would do these. 
you know, 12 inch with like three songs, like one song would be on one side of this 12 inch record. Yeah. And seven dates of hell. That was another one that was once again, only like three or four songs. I used to have it all and I sold it all. I don't have it anymore. So I'm up in my collection. I'm excited about it. Uh, yeah. Oh, you damned in hell. (laughs) Can't wait. Some real feel-good music there for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good. I'm glad to hear you're reestablishing your Venom collection. Uh, what about you? Of, um, I uh, well, this came in the mail today, and oh, yeah, okay. you'll remember on a previous yeah. episode we had Ian McDougal from the Riverboat Gamblers on our show, and this is a seven-inch split. Um, Riverboat Gamblers, on one side, it features a cover of the Ramon song, Bonzo Goes to Bitburg. And on the other side, it features a Motorhead cover, uh, No Voices in the Sky. That's a good song. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. on uh, the 1916 album, yeah, which is uh, a 90, favorite of 91, mine. yeah. And uh, a couple guest appearances on this thing. On Bonzo Goes to Bitburg, the the Gamblers got C.J. Ramon to sing backup vocals on it. And then on No Voices in the Sky, they got their good buddy David Rodriguez from uh, a number of bands here in Austin, the Crumb Bums, the Starving Wolves, and he currently sings for the Casualties as well. And it's really cool because it's on this outrageous hot pink color. I don't don't know how well you see that but no, it's i a, see that that's awesome it's a very nice shade of uh hot pink and uh very that cool. was in the mail today and i've been waiting for that because it was a pre-order kind of deal so it's have finally you, here have you spun it yet i haven't spun the disc okay. but i heard digital copies well, of the songs a while back and they're great you know good. so um and according to ian when we had him on the show those are both songs that the gamblers had done in their past uh like uh live show encores kind of thing so they were no strangers to those particular songs uh obviously not listening to them or uh from a uh, performance standpoint so they probably went in the studio with all guns blazing and knocked that out and got some guests and so uh, me being a Ramones fan, a Motorhead fan, and a Riverboat Gamblers fan, it was like, wow, this is a this is a, a threefer. It was better than a twofer. Well, it's it's awesome uh, that you can sort of look at the lockdown and COVID and the whole thing that all of these types of things are happening. I yeah. feel like uh, in hindsight, it's very possible. And also, at the same time, highly doubtful that you and I would have a podcast if it wasn't for COVID and lockdown <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, see what, I, see what I'm saying? That's a that's yeah. a, an interesting point, don't you think? Yeah, some positive stuff has come out of this. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of collaborations among band members that were done virtually, and you know, there's been a lot of cool cover tunes and some collaborations that's been done long distance because of the pandemic. And as you say, I mean, uh, six months ago, I didn't even know how to plug in a webcam. So I, th- this would have never happened if we weren't kind of confined to our homes and sort of started brainstorming with the help of our producer, Jared Tootin. Um, it was like, Hey man, how can we make this chit chat, you know, up and running how can we get this going you guys are music nerds you guys like to talk and uh 
we'll put the technology in front of you and see where it goes. And here we are. So, well, I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know, that record you just held up. Yeah. And even the connections that people, uh, are, are rock and roll people, I should say our, our culture, um, has sort of like a lot of us have stuck our neck out to sort of make sure that, um, everyone's okay. And I'm talking whether it be trading or following our show and, and just able to connect by hearing you and I tell stories and, and, and we're, we're providing like new, it's a newscast, you know, yeah. these are stories. There's a lot of stories that, um, you know, our, our friends or, or people who that just know of us have never heard because, you know, our, uh, we haven't released our books yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, 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 and typically people bump into us at gigs or something. So we're not going to yell over the band to tell these stories. So it, it's kind of, you know, our social circle is very loud. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the, in the, and as far as like, a you know, us holding court or having some kind of roundtable discussion about, um, you know, any about anything rock and roll is like you said, not going to happen at a show, right? Because there's no shows. Well, we're you know, the, we're trying to change that, right? But yeah, um, yeah, it's been it's been it's been quiet, yeah, and uh, let's you know, we just all need to work together and stay in touch with each other. This has been a way for I think you and I. Uh, to stay connected for sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know I've, talked to, I've talked to you more in the last six months than I have in the past 25 years. So that's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. But, but think yeah. about what you just said. You can apply that to the people commenting. Yeah. You can apply that to people who are following this podcast because they either know you or they know me that yeah. now are conversing in a way that we hadn't before. So yeah. that's, that's my, that's my point. It's been a, it's been a substitute social circle, um, in a lot of ways. And, and I'm glad we have it because, uh, I do, uh, feel like I need to, to talk and see my people once in a while, or, you know, even if it's just commenting on a comment that somebody yeah. left, you know, uh, the topic is always music and that's a topic I never grow tired of. So, it has yeah. been. It's been nice to stay somewhat connected to people, even though we're in separate rooms and separate houses and in a lot of times separate states and even countries. So, Well, yeah. on that note, let's uh, – and speaking of topic, our topic today is Iron Maiden, and yes. uh, let's get right into it. Yeah. So, Iron Maiden, internationally recognized heavy metal juggernaut, one of the greatest metal bands of all time, one of the most influential bands of all time, uh, a favorite of mine. I'm sure they rank pretty high on your list of bands, Jason. We've, we've talked about Iron Maiden on previous episodes, and then they're kind of one of those, um, you know, they're they're always over here or over there or, you know, in conversation. I believe our episode where we were focus, focusing pretty much was an Iron Maiden Judas Priest episode. Am I right? 
No, I think I think we did one that was exclusive to Priest, and then I think we did I think we did okay Aerosmith, oh. Van Halen. Oh, okay, all Andy right. Hagar. Thank you for thank you for clarifying that. Right. No, so this is this you know is why, still you kind know why of a new. Go you ahead. know why you're thinking that? The, the reason that came to mind is because one of the things that has come up numerous times on this show is that we discuss that, or we at least mention how friends of ours and us included throughout the years have always had this debate of Maiden versus Priest. It's almost like a classic metal battle. And that's been referenced numerous times on this show. Yeah. Uh, so you might be thinking of that. And it's, well, a, it's, it's funny. It's funny because that's actually a phrase that, um, that comes up, you know, whether at least every couple of years at my work, we're mm. in the middle of our, uh, we're finishing, we're about to have our shows for our summer season, which is coming to an end. And we're yeah. starting our fall season. And one of the shows I'm doing is Judas Priest versus Iron Maiden. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a battle when we say versus, it just sounds cool when you say it that way. Yeah. But it's like, you know, we'll play a couple of Maiden, we'll play a couple of Priest, and you end up having this 18-song set where it's this Iron Priest yeah, jukebox, right? Yeah, yeah. And the kids learn a lot about, you know, technique uh, in, in, in every instrument involved with, with it, Priest and Maiden. Not much keyboards. <laughs> so they're staying to the early, they're sticking with the earlier stuff then. Well, you know, yeah. Now we're, now we're talking about my school. Like I love the fir the early, the early Maiden, um, you know, and then Priest, I get, I, I get, uh, I start around stained glass, sin after sin and say, I love Rockerola, but you know what I mean? I start yeah. getting into that, man, that live album, Judas Priest Unleashed in the East is, is yeah. like the greatest hits. And every song on that record is, that's like a hub because it's got, um, Hellbent for Leather tunes. It's got, um, Sad Wings of Destiny tunes. You, you get where I'm going. Sin after sin, stained glass. It's got all that stuff on it. So, yeah. Um, Anyway, our topic today, Iron Maiden has a new record out. Uh, tell us what you know, everything you know about the new Iron Maiden record in yeah. one breath. Ready? Five, four. <laughs> <laughs> um, well. Uh, I could do it in like three words. Yeah. I don't know yet. You know, It's my... Uh, my understanding is it's their 17th studio album. Apparently it's been in the can for about two years and the guys were just waiting for the, the right opportunity to release it. Wow. Um, that's the backstory behind it. And so it came out a couple days ago and I spent this past weekend listening to it. And um, I listened to it multiple times because it's Maiden and I love Iron Maiden and I respect Iron Maiden. And anytime they put out a new album, I'm very interested. They're one of the few handfuls of bands from my past where I still actively seek out their new material. Now, I might listen to it and decide I don't like it, but it's not going to get past me without at least a couple listens for me to make up my mind. And... Um, this new album from Maiden is uh, it's a real exercise. Uh, <laughs> I think it's clocks in at 120 minutes, and uh, wow, it, yeah. And I 
I'll be honest, as much as I love Iron Maiden, I really stopped sort of collecting the albums after Somewhere in Time, which was 1986. Um, because to me, they started getting, there used to be a time when a, an, a quote unquote epic song from Iron Maiden was sort of a novelty. You had like Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner on Power Slave and, you know, and everybody I remember thinking at that time was, oh my God, this song is so long, but it was almost kind of cool because it was so different, but over the years, I think that's become more of the norm and Maiden has kind of lost a lot of the short, punchy stuff that I prefer. Um, so I had a really hard time. I don't think I've still digested this new record. Yet. That's very I, well put about the the short, punchy stuff, because that I felt like was their forte for a moment. And it was, I, yeah, and like a like murders in the room org, and and you know, which is on killers, I believe, is starting to be this. Even though that song's frantic and fast and and punchy, it's not as short. I feel like as some of the first record stuff, you know, right. Um, but on on with my point. Uh, that was a story about. Uh, you know, serial killings in, in France and um, was probably taken from, I, I don't know my history, it's probably an actual truth. It's probably about, do you know what Murders is about? Murders uh, of is there not a truth this, behind not, the story? Yeah, I don't know the historical facts, but you're right. It, it's, it's based to some degree on uh, something that's actual history in some capacity, yeah. So that's, that's the point that I'm making. The epic and also something that's, you know, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner and yeah. Power Slave, whether they are coming from actual truth or adaptations of stories by Edgar Allan Poe and the like that Iron Maiden likes to do, that Bruce likes to write about. Murders probably being written by Steve. Um, yeah. It was the beginning of this relationship with being epic and over the top with this. You could just see a, a, a stage show by listening to a song, but you're not at a concert. You're listening to this, I don't know, 10-minute song, and you're going... Holy crap, I can see the concert in my and I'm closing my eyes and I'm there at the concert seeing this crazy uh theatrical uh you know opera being played out. Yeah. And I do think that that spawned what I call the new Iron Maiden fan. Yeah. As early as Murders in the Room work, whether they knew it or not. Yeah, I what think was, what was to come would be that. And I feel like you know the fir i i listened to is is shinjutsu the first single or the second uh the first single was called writing on the wall i believe that was okay. the first one I, it was yeah, yeah it i was, haven't i i think you're correct and yeah. i have not listened to that and that one's actually the most accessible song on the record and i remember hearing it and being excited cuz i thought Okay, that that song, even that song was in the nearly six minute realm. But for Iron Maiden, that's practically a Ramon song. So I'm thinking, okay, uh, that I, I liked the song. 
Um, and it gave me some hope that maybe there would be some other tracks like it. But then it kind of made sense that Maiden would uh, present a song like that first uh, because it's the most it's formatted the most like a single, I guess. You know, That's they're not going to come out with the 12 minute song as the first taste of the new album. No, you mentioned the record clocks in at 120 minutes and and. Yeah. And it comes out in a time where the attention span is like, duh, next. Mm -hmm. And I'm guilty and, of that, by the way. So okay, well, yeah, that, I'm, that's I'm fair. Let, let's let's bear our, our let's put our hearts on our sleeves and yeah, let people know the truth. I mean, I feel like this episode we just got into the conversation. I feel like Iron Maiden fans are really gonna want to watch this in hopes that there's this vital information that we are going to uncover uh, with our opinions and i'll just stop you right there you're in the wrong but man i think you got the wrong house yeah we, we're basically having a conversation about iron maiden we do i don't know shit about the new iron maiden record but yeah. i'm telling you this it's impressive to me when people i respect are holding it up like Yes, this is the flag. I am a fan and da 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 da. I'm talking about Brian Slagle and people like that. Yeah, you know, and and this, that's a point I wanted to discuss because um, it's interesting to me how, and I have a theory of, about this, but I've I've found it interesting that Iron Maiden is in that elite class of bands that they, they can basically get away with whatever the hell they want to do. And I applaud that because it's so yeah. rare and they do it with their integrity intact. And so the, the really the only gripe from people is it boils down to a preference. Nobody I don't think has ever said Iron Maiden sucks or Iron Maiden sold out. You might not <laughs> like the latest record. You might not like the last five or six records, but you always respect them. And, yes, and, yeah. And I feel like they, they're they very rare in that regard. And I think some of it is because you, you can't stop rooting for a, a, a metal band that continues to push the boundaries uh, and, and does things their own way. And I think the reason they have that respect worldwide is because – they never, as big as they are, as huge as they are, they've never really been overexposed in a traditional sense. You've never seen them all over MTV. You've never heard them all over the radio. You just don't get overexposed and burned out on Iron Maiden. And then secondly, they've never really consciously made um, a strategic move to capitalize on the latest trends. So you, you've never seen a grunge album from Iron Maiden. You've you've never seen, God forbid, a rap album from Iron Maiden. Um, you could even argue that Metallica, when it was when they were doing the Load and Unload records, you could argue that they were jumping on a bandwagon. And I don't think anyone can ever say any of those things about Iron Maiden. So. I don't know I what that. I don't know what bandwagon you speak of that Metallica would be jumping on. Well, I'm just saying they they made a move in their sound and their appearance and their look at a time when the okay. whole grunge thing in the okay, alternative. Okay, that's a better. Movie. Yeah, that's a better. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. Um, I you never saw. I, 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 you never I'm, saw. I'm gonna, 
No, 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 no. Maiden does not follow any trend. If anything, My point. yeah. If anything, they sound consistent and are consistent with product. They're consistent with their songwriting. And that might be part of my problem. I'm going to jump in here and play devil's advocate here yeah. and, and basically say, you know, the 10-minute song, I my attention span doesn't last that long for Iron Maiden because I feel like it's not dramatic of a change from part from song section to song section, you know. Get you. Yep. You you can you can have a really long intro, but but your verse and your chorus better be lickety split, kicking yeah. me in the face. And if it's not, I'm I'm gonna it's gonna I'm not let's take let's pretend it's not Iron Maiden for two seconds. Any band with that come at me like that. I'm going to have the same reaction. It's not just, I'm not picking on just Iron Maiden when I talk about that. Okay, yeah. back to Iron Maiden. That seems to be what they're doing with their songwriting is super consistent as to a tone and a sound that they have. And I think that that's fantastic. You could say that about Slayer, even though everything Slayer did which feels weird to say because yeah, past they've tense. Kinda, yeah, they've sort yeah. of retired, um, is the short and punchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Iron Maiden never was short and punchy or not since Killers. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, you know, you alluded to something earlier that I wanted to expand on. I think you yeah, go I apologize back. if I'm all over the place, but that, no, no, no. that um, long sort of drawn out dreamy song that Iron Maiden's at this point known for is not really what I'm looking for in an Iron Maiden record. Yeah. But my they have my respect. I yeah, will absolutely I, I will and bleed I, for Iron Maiden. And so. I think that respect comes from for for some of the reasons I mentioned earlier. You just you have a really hard time pointing out a fault with them, you know? It's like again, it's a preference. You could say Eh, this isn't as great as I wanted it to be, but you you can't say it sucks. You can't say it was a cash grab. If anything, it's the opposite. Cause, right. Because who the hell is paying attention to 120 minutes of songs that, as you say, don't have any ebb and flow? It's just kind of this, this, this big, huge uh, soundscape, which is fine and cool and all that stuff. But you alluded to something earlier. You go all the way back to the first record, Killer's. And I think I feel like Iron Maiden has always had that element in their songwriting. It's just that it was very limited in its use in the early days. There was maybe one song per album that, God forbid, stretched out over five minutes or something. And it wasn't really until, you know, maybe 22 Acacia Avenue on the on Number of the Beast where the song started to get long. But on that album, that was the only song. So it was kind of a novel idea. But you could tell they've always had that in their canon. And I think what we're seeing now and probably for the last 15, 20 years is that confidence that Steve has in the band that that's actually what they've always kind of wanted to grow into. And now hell or high water, they're just going to do it. And I think he's earned that right, you know, and um 
But yeah, I've always been a fan of the more slashing, the shredding dual guitars, the 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 drama in the song and by drama I mean like you were talking about earlier the ebb and the flow the light and the shade because 120 minutes of the same tempo is okay, that's okay, what I'm might... that's what I'm worried about it's almost not fair uh, and I'm I I'll, I'll just give me your bullets and throw your knives and your rocks because I it's unfair to you um, people who are listening to us right now that here's a guy talking about Iron Maiden who doesn't I can't name I I mean it's almost like I have no right to talk about Iron Maiden <laughs> but uh you know because I'm such a hesher and stuck in 1985 so so the you know I I'll raise the Iron Maiden flag as high as you want me to I will uh drink the blood of the lamb I I love what what the original Iron Maiden set forth to do, and yeah. I'm a fan of power metal, of of uh, as organic as you can be, um, galloping Excalibur, demons and wizards, the whole nine, Dio, the whole you know, horses and dragons and snakes. Oh my, you know, yeah. I, it's important to me that Iron Maiden, you know, I need to give the it to to in all fairness to people who just worship the new record. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Why don't we go back to you talking about? Did you, Dave? Did you listen? You you weren't clear. Did you listen to the whole record? Yeah, I, I think I did. See, All 120? Yeah. Did you well, finish the book? Yeah, and I say I think I did because I can't tell where it starts and where it ends. Okay, well, this is <laughs> a problem. That's part of my point. This is a problem right here. I'm gl So I'm glad that I asked that question. Yeah. Do you remember any songs that, that were super long that had moments where you're like, holy shit? Uh, no, and, and, and that's kind of... Let kinda... me ask you this. Do you feel like we're... I, I hate this question. Too old to understand what Iron Maiden is doing, other than the accolades and the and the promises and and Steve's vision and what Bruce is just a an anomaly. There's not another Bruce Dickinson, and there never will be because he's such a Renaissance man and a yeah. go go guy. You know. I'll, I'll say this about the new album: the one thing that did stand out was the vocals are just incredible, and and um. Uh, Bruce is sounding fantastic. Granted, it's a studio album, and I don't know how much doctoring was done in the on the in the studio or whatever. Well, that's a, it's studio. It's yeah. doctoring doesn't get it. It is a doctoring because it's in you're in the studio. But he sound he sounds great, and and you know you can't argue the musicianship. I mean, they're stellar players. I just uh, the the problem I have is. There aren't any light and dark moments. I found that it all kind of fell into a comfortable zone. And before you know it, my attention is off on to the laundry or, or washing the dishes or something else. You know, I, there wasn't any, and it never came back and punched me in the head. Like sometimes you'll listen to an album and a song will kind of be it might drift away from you. But then the next track comes along and reminds you, hey, you're listening to this record. <laughs> do you think that do you think that it's it's a. 
it's a record or that Iron Maiden could be a, a band now, maybe with the last, I don't know, two, three, eight uh, albums, studio albums, that could be more like of a, of a, I had this, there was a, there's a demographic that, you know, the new Pink Floyd record would come out that might date me or something, but where you would listen to this new Pink Floyd record with headphones on in the dark at night with a glass of wine, you know, there was a ritual involved. Do you feel like Iron Maiden fans have that same sort of, Oh my God, I can't wait. This is, I'm going to, Get the. I'm gonna turn my Iron Maiden lights on. I'm gonna yeah. turn my get my Iron Maiden pajamas on. I'm gonna, you know, is it has it become that because they have fans like that? Yeah, and 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 to be fair, I think I almost owe it to them to listen to the record in that sort of environment because that's when all the nuances creep out, and that's when you can fully appreciate it. When the rest of your senses are are shut down, and all you're using is your ears. And your brain is visualizing, your eyes aren't, but your brain is based on what you're hearing. So when I say heavy metal record, do you think of the new Iron Maiden? Um, what you, what metal, Dave, what you, Dave, get out of like a record, like a, like a, you're just going to throw a record that's got eight or ten songs on and it's, it could be anybody. You know, a Motorhead record is different than an Iron Maiden record. Yeah. But an Iron Maiden, but an Iron Maiden record from like the first like two, three, four, even five albums is closer to a Motorhead record than maybe the last five or six or seven oh, or eight Iron Maiden records. For sure. Is, is my point. So yeah. you got the Pink Floyd guy. Now it's the Iron Maiden guy with yeah. the headphones on or girl, whatever, <laughs> with the headphones on. Oh my God, I'm I'm gonna just listen to every breath of yeah. every song, all one hundred and twenty minutes of it. And soak this up like it's, um, like it's the new way. Like it's this yeah. is my new religion, and and I feel like, I feel like, that intense heavy metal fan, is a certain kind of fan. Yeah, I I I feel like too that that the band isn't really the the band is more um, interested, I think, in putting out. I'm just going to use the term loosely works of art rather than putting out heavy metal records. Okay. And so this change, so this changes this, this change. I'm glad that you said that I was really kind of trying to say something like that, but I like it that I like what you said, because it makes me have a different, even respect for something new from Iron Maiden. I saw Iron Maiden, not to get off subject, I saw Iron Maiden, I want to say it was, I could be, it could be seventh son of the seventh son, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the name of the record, That's it. Or, it, or it could have been Brave World or something like that. Brave New World, yeah. Thank you. I saw Dream Theater open for them. It was mm -hmm. a long time ago, it could have been 10 years ago, and... I'm sitting there during Iron Maiden and I'm still sitting there and I'm way too comfortable. Yeah. It was, I had turned into like, oh, I know this one. And it was Wrathchild. Yeah. A and 
And then, you know, they're, they're playing another song, which I, I didn't know. And um, I'm ready to go home. And I yeah. didn't like that. I, I started to look in, inward and I, and I say, what have I become? What is wrong with me? I, I know I'm a metalhead, not just by my clothes, because of my soul. I know I'm a metalhead. I know I'm an Iron Maiden fan. Why am I ready to go home? Why am I finding this rather boring? Yeah, I, 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 I well, first of all, Maiden has has had this. Uh, I don't know if it's consistent enough to call it a habit, but they've they've had this tendency from from time to time to kind of do their tours in such a way that. One tour will be kind of a greatest hits thing. And then the next tour is this very ambitious thing where they basically play the whole new album and close out the night with three of the hits or whatever. And then they come back the following tour. So they're kind of leapfrogging a hits package with something unfamiliar. So maybe you caught an unfamiliar tour. Um, but I, that, I, what you just described, I mean, any band that does that, <clears throat> that be their thing, I, I hats off to them. Yeah, that, I think it's a great. Lot of balls. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're if you're in that band, you know, you know you're a musician. I mean, if you're in that band and you have the opportunity to go and play an hour of new material and then close out the night with four or five of your hits, you're going to take advantage of that because I, otherwise I, you're a yeah, mouse on a wheel. I feel like yeah, I feel like the demographic just like the norm you know, uh, the demographic, the, uh, um, what's the right word? Uh, you know, a heavy percentage of the demographic of heavy metal fans, hard rock fans, when they go see a band that's an institution, I feel like they want to hear more of a greatest hits type of a thing. And the two or three songs spread throughout the set from the new record, and yeah. I'm talking ACDC, Metallica, all the biggies, right? All, yeah. the, all the institutions, right? right? All of the bands that are now brands. Yeah. You want to hear these, this song and that song and da-da-da-da-da, or something that's next to it on the record. You know, whether it's the song you came to hear or the one right after it, the one right before it on the record because you bought the record and not downloaded the single. Right. 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 Okay. And that's my preference, too. I'll be honest. I mean, and, and so I think some of that is if I'm going to a concert and going to see a particular band, especially an institution, as you say, if it's an ACDC or a Metallica, chances are they're only coming to my town once every three years or so. And the night that they're in town, that's my Saturday night, man. So if it's Tuesday night, I'm taking the next day off work. I'm going out to hear my band, dude. And if I'm only going to see him once every three years, and they might come back in another three, but now I can't afford it. So I get my one shot <laughs> at these guys. And yes, I'm sorry. At today's prices, I want to hear, you know, the early stuff and that, the hits and that sort the, of thing. That's the demographic that I'm talking about. Okay, so we're on the same page. I, I, I wish I could talk more about the new Iron Maiden record. Um, you know, 
I might get killed, but I don't even know the the title of the Iron Man record. Uh, you said it earlier. It's it's the Japanese word senjutsu. That's the title. That's the of title. The yeah, yeah. It's the title of the record. I thought it was just a song. No, no. It's the it's the title of the album. That's okay. Uh, Hence the sort of samurai uh, album artwork type. Just want to just want to say again. I warned you guys. <laughs> I don't know jack about the new Iron Maiden record. Well, but I you did know, hear the title track, and it was a little slow and plotty for me. Most of the album is. I. Yeah, That's what I thought. I'll, I'll, mm, I'll, I'll I thought. go so far as to say ninety percent. Let's talk about Power Slave real quick. That's yeah. like watching a movie, like I described earlier. Right. And that I think that's, a, that's the album it. where this ambition sort of came to the forefront. But they, they were still metal. And I mean, they're, today they're still metal. I'm not trying to say they're no longer a metal band. They're just off yeah. on a different plane. Yeah. Um, but that was the album where sort of the the longer songs became more of the norm i think half of that record is you know what you would call long songs by by radio standards or whatever or album rock yeah you iron know. maiden is not a radio band never so has been no 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 i know that and i'm not i'm not putting giving them a crown for that i'm basically saying you know i mean Pink Floyd is not a radio band. You could say right. they have long songs too, but I think that yeah. with popularity, they they kind of break the mold. Sure. Uh, and Iron Maiden is one of those bands. You know that people are playing that on the radio. Uh, I, well, I wonder if they are. First of all, radio is not what it used to be, so I, I, I don't listen no, to radio. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I guess you can't really make the comparison. I don't know uh, what it sounds like over in Europe. You know, it, we we we've both have mentioned numerous times on this show that Europe European audiences have a sort of a a greater passion, or there's more of them, or whatever. But metal is a thriving genre in Europe, so I wouldn't be surprised if you know three or four, or five of these tracks on this album are getting played over there. But I don't know. I'm not there, so. Right. Um, well, well, we, you know, we, if you talk about radio, radio play, you're, you're talking about a digital format where it's, it's programmed and it's a, a satellite station or it's an online station or it's, um, you know, something like that. So if it's heavy metal themed, like, a, you know, like we have satellite radio, surely they're playing something new by Iron Maiden. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, but they're not only playing the new album. As a matter of fact, I mean, with, you know, Ozzy's Boneyard and all of these different sort of like serious satellite stations you can choose from on the dial, which I don't have that in my car. I don't, I refuse to have that in my car. I don't either. I don't want someone telling me what song I'm going to hear next. Yeah, I want to tell my radio what song to play next <laughs> that I want to hear. So you know, I love it that that that's an option for people who, you know, are don't want to fiddle with CDs or uh, make playlists and hit play when they get in their vehicle, or sit around in the backyard or whatever it is. But I think that being a fan of uh, of rock music, I'll just be general um and or an iron maiden fan 
it's not always healthy, in my opinion, to rely on the radio to play the song that you're going to to like off of the new Iron Maiden record. Let's say there's one or two songs on there that you and me think, oh, that's that's the shit. I yeah. that's those that's awesome. Let's say that this just imagine that we've listened to the song, we found our songs. Yeah. Then there's all this other stuff. Well, our chances are the radio, if we are satellite radio guys, which we're not, dude, they're not gonna play that. They're not gonna play it. Yeah, and 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 I think you know uh, a band, especially a band like Maiden, um, they know that people don't consume music like that anymore. Yeah. They're making records for the people that are gonna download this thing on their phone, and and program a playlist where three or four of those twelve minute songs are gonna be in heavy rotation because they love Maiden and they have the patience for it and they want to support the band. And uh, I think that's great. I mean, again, I want to throw a shout out. I'm sorry I interrupted. I want to throw a shout. I, I'm glad we're talking about this, and I'm glad we're just saying the words Iron Maiden over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I think that there's something to that. I'll never get tired of talking about it. I could never be tired of talking about Iron Maiden, whether um, their songs are too long. You know, uh, what uh, my point was um, on social media, there's a lot of people holding up their vinyl. Yes. Like they bought the vinyl. Yeah. Um, this could turn into another ACDC power-up where people were buying the vinyl. And it yep. actually, those reports saying that vinyl is finally really back. And I think the ACDC power-up record proved that it was finally back. And, yep. and, and, then, and then, you know, the pandemic and the lockdown and all this stuff really slowed down because they they a lot of businesses had to close well that includes vinyl pressing plants yeah so they've had to all catch up i'm sure that some of them opened oh we got the iron maiden account oh well let's put all this stuff aside reopen the plant and start pressing iron maiden records <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that would that's would be a funny cartoon actually well well, that, that's, you know, I just said that uh, Maiden knows that their fans will download this onto their phone or whatever, but I, I should be careful. I should rephrase that because Maiden fans, again, are very particular and very loyal, and they have to have the vinyl because traditionally Maiden's got great artwork. Uh, Maiden fans are collectors, and collectors yeah, yeah. like vinyl, and... So, you know, and I think I heard somewhere that that album was retailing for like 90 bucks and people are going out and buying it because they they have to have the vinyl. And I think that's awesome that 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 Maiden has that sort of loyalty all around the world at this late stage in their career. Again, I'll say it a hundred times. They are like one of the most elite bands. I just can't think of another band uh, that can touch them in that respect. There might no, be they're, bands. They're king. They're kings in in many aspects. They're, yeah, there they're, might they're be bands king. with more hits. There might be bands that have sold more albums worldwide. But I, you know, that's a tough one. But you know, as far as fan loyalty for decade upon decade upon decade around the world, around the globe, 
uh, I don't know if Iron Maiden can be touched. Well, every every continent. Yeah, it's global. Yeah. It's you, you could say universal. Everywhere there's electricity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you got to have electricity if you want to hear Iron Maiden. Yeah. No. Now, I think that, you know, the idea behind this epic power metal song very well could have been created by Iron Maiden. What do you think? Um, I I'm wouldn't talking, argue that. I'm, I'm talking like almost like the way like a, a prog metal band would write a song. It's got a lot of parts. It's like a journey. It's telling a story. Yeah. It's got an intro. It's got, you know, your, uh, uh, maybe a shorter verse that, you know, goes somewhere else immediately. Then there's already a breakdown. Maybe there's a big chorus here and it's rather long. And then they do a solo and... You see what I'm writing a map to an Iron Maiden song. Yeah, I mean they're they're certainly among the forefathers of that of that type of song. I guess I mean I, off the top of my head, I was going to maybe throw in Rush, you know, but well, um, of course, of course. But see, that's the prog metal. I mean, Rush. It's, yeah, they created prog metal. So yeah, and Iron you Maiden. Can argue, you can argue with me if you want, but I, I don't. I oh don't, no, I, yeah, I yeah. think Iron or. Uh, uh, Rush and you know even Iron Maiden would probably cite Rush as an influence in that regard. You know as far as the it's, the, it's the highly man's lyrics, yeah. You know intelligent lyrics, songs that aren't confined by uh, radio airplay limitations. Uh, a band that doesn't really project any sort of trendy image. I mean it's all yeah. there. You know. Well, there's something there's something to say about. Um... A, like a band like Jethro Tull. Yeah. And maybe some other, maybe yes, um, you know, maybe some other prog metal bands that I really feel like Iron Maiden may have also gotten some influence, whether they would agree with us or not. When you think about bands like that, like, I I think they would agree. I think that I've I read... mentioned, yeah, I think that they're, they're actually musically personal influences of some of the members in Iron Maiden and and probably yeah. Steve and probably Bruce more so than the other guys. Um, I think I've heard Steve cite uh, Genesis as an influence if you go I, back I, to the I, Peter Gabriel days. I, so, I yeah. would believe that, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, th this is... This is kind of something that's that's kind of a funny deal too. Is I have friends that that say <clears throat> out loud and boisterous that when Iron Maiden stopped writing about the devil and whores, <laughs> that they gave up on them. Yeah. Well. So, so I mean, that's, I knew you were going to laugh. I laugh every time I say it or think yeah. it. Yeah. But when you turn around and look at what it is, that's around the time that they start to write these longer epic, um, you know, Bohemian Rhapsodies. Yeah, you know, maybe. I mean, I I remember I used to always tell people that I, 
and somebody, some people may have heard me say this before, but my dad uh, is a history buff. And I remember being in high school and taking and knowing that he was a history buff. I would take the lyrics to Iron Maiden songs and ask him, does this ring any bells? I'm trying to figure out what this song is about. And he'd read the lyrics and he'd say, you know, something like The Trooper or Aces High. Um, you know, he would be able to cite the the source material for this. And some of that stuff is fairly um, kind of obscure, you know, um, uh, but so you would have to be a well-read person or somebody that's into history or has yep. Bruce or has is literary. Hated. He's 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 right. Literary. He's a he's a he's so, a you know, when, guy. When you talk when you talk about people that gave up on him when they stopped writing about the devil and whores, I I, I argue yeah. that you know they've that was in the mix at one time, but they've always had really literate. And well thought out lyrics, and so much so that I was learning stuff from Iron Maiden lyrics. Well, My dad well, would say, I, "Oh yeah, the Trooper. This is about the Charge of the Light Brigade." I feel like you could say that about about Slayer, even uh, yeah. a lot of World War II references, a lot of things. You know, there's just a lot. I mean, you could say that about a lot of heavy metal bands. Yeah, but not um, all of them were as convincing or as well thought out like uh i i think there's a lot of metal bands that might make an attempt at doing something like that or they read something a history lesson for example and then sort of what's the word adapt a, a story from it you know yeah but maiden is like maiden you can look it up in the history books yeah <laughs> you know or the bible or yeah. mythology or whatever yeah. it's there you know yeah. well i think that that the uh, the backstory has legitimate source. Yes, that's um, Winston well said. Churchill uh, to Nostradamus to yeah. uh, Nietzsche to, I mean, yeah. Can you imagine Bruce Dickinson's library? <laughs> I mean, does he sit around and have a cup of tea and just pick out a book and start? Oh, what was that chapter that had, you know, to get ideas for his lyrics, you know? Yeah. I can only imagine that he's got this serious... I wonder if he hires someone to go buy books for his library so when he has a moment to breathe, which I have no idea when that would be because the guy yeah. is so busy. Yeah. You know, surely he set, has to book time where he can just go into his castle into the lib library and sit in this throne and <laughs> sip tea uh, with probably, you know, Eye of Newt, you know, that's some <laughs> witch made him <clears throat> from the chalice. Uh, bring me chapter seven of the, you know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so he can get his head right to write new you know i only know what what i like to write about when it hits me in the head yeah i'm <clears throat> i'm not reading a history book in hopes to write a song about this war or this 
guy who dug a tunnel. He was in prison and he dug a tunnel to escape. And that's what my song is going to be about. But, but Bruce will. <laughs> and I, the, it's, sure. it's impressive. And yeah. so I think that, you know, you could probably, it's probably safe to say that maybe some of the songs that Iron Maiden has, uh, that are maybe made up stories that might've come from an idea and then spawned into this whole other thing that is a 10 minute song, if you will, uh, not to poke fun at that, but could turn into many movies or, you know, like it's like a vignette or something. It's like something that is highly possible could turn into a motion picture influenced by an Iron Maiden yeah. song. That's, that's what I was getting at earlier. I don't think they they I don't think they view making albums so much anymore as a collection of songs. They view it as this journey that has a uh, that's just going to go from point A to point Z. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and it's just and it's going to you know it's not meant to be distinguished by you know pauses or, or abrupt changes in style or whatever because the idea is to kind of keep it moving in this direction and and it's like you said it's very cinematic and um and i i, I just think that they look at these as as compositions and and not a collection of compositions but one big uh long composition my argument is the same dave i i swear when you think, when I say power metal, I think of the whole swashbuckling pirate Viking guy riding horses and Viking ships across the seas and battles and drama. And there, there's a maiden, not an Iron Maiden, you know, literal yeah. maiden. And <laughs> yeah. there is, or the sirens on the shore and there's a castle and there's all this drama. And then, you know, whoa. There's, there's a whole see what I'm saying it's it's yeah. very European the whole idea of this power metal and I get excited when I think about it because I like writing about it too no I know but yeah. I think that it's important I mean Dio wrote this stuff but I feel like he wrote it coming from a slightly different place than Iron Maiden by way of his time with Blackmore and Rainbow and the whole the the way Deep Purple's uh, song subjects were not as uh, this is going to sound negative, but I don't mean it for it to be smarmy. Or I'm smart because were... I'm writing about you know a Winston Churchill book yeah. thing or something. I, I, I think Dio, you know, in in his various bands, there was an element of the fantastical, whereas Iron Maiden yeah. kind of keeps things rooted in you know fact or history as it's been documented and they don't stray too far okay. still but still fits still fits all of the drama that we oh yeah 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 in an opera yeah you know where there's uh there's comedy and there's tragedy and there's woe and there's a battle and i mean run to the hills yeah that's obvious what that's about yeah yeah we but I right think past that one, but, but yeah. I think that it's. Uh, but I think that, that that's what I mean. It's like that's the that's one of the the ultimate power metal songs. 
when you think about the new Iron Maiden and the one song that this dumbass has heard, <laughs> talking about <laughs> me, or people not watching, listening, uh, Shinjutsu, if I hope I'm saying that right. I think so. I, I don't really know the story of the lyric. I didn't read a lyric sheet. I don't. Um, I caught some of the lyrics. Um, it 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 talked. It was more of a battle. I think he's talking about uh, the last man standing kind of a vibe. Yeah. Um, and the, the loose trans the loose translation from what I've read uh, of that word means uh, strategy and tactics. So it's like a battle plan. So okay. yes. Yes to okay. everything you just said. Yeah, yeah, okay. <clears throat> Very old school power metal. Yeah. Very old school power metal. And I feel like, uh, you know, maybe Judas Priest, but more, way more so Iron Maiden was uh, uh, building up the drama for that kind of a song to, to work. Um, I can't say that I would, I would, open a whole can of worms if i said name the first power metal band oh yeah <laughs> i mean what what is what is that you have to think about what okay well the lyric has to be within the confinements of, yeah. of these only these topics and that's not necessarily true yeah but but here you go genocide that's a power metal song Tyrant, that's a power metal song. Because sure. of the topic and what the action of the song, you know, it's yeah, punchy. Yeah, I'll buy that. It's not yeah. 10 minutes long, but it's punchy. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll, I plan to listen to the new record some more uh, because I'm a Maiden fan. I don't know if this one's going to be for me. Uh, my initial impression is man it's a lot to take in and i i listened to iron maiden for different reasons i guess i i became a fan on the first 3 albums and continued to be a fan for some for uh some of the subsequent albums but the signature and the trademark of the band at that time is what i'm still looking for and i'm not finding it as much in in later albums and and that's fine uh, my, the thing I want us listeners to take away from this whole episode, from my perspective is again, I just, I, I can't not applaud Iron Maiden for doing whatever they want to do because they've earned it. And even what they do, if it's not necessarily to my liking, it's really hard to find fault with it because they, they have their integrity intact. They have their vision and they follow it. And if it doesn't go where I want it to go, you can't point to it and say, Oh, they're jumping on a trend or, Oh, they're trying to do this or, Oh, I, I see what they're doing here. They're trying to go after this. You just can't find that. Man. No. And any, in any flack, this is my cue and any flack that it sounds like I'm giving Iron Maiden, I'm not dogging Iron Maiden. I'm, dogging the fact that uh i am the one who is lame not iron maiden <laughs> i can't keep up with iron maiden right because there is a lot like you said a lot there's a lot going on 
Yeah. And I feel like they have these rabid fans that know every lyric and they can't wait. They just got the new record. They can't wait for the next one. Yeah. And they have everything. And they're the opposite of like you and me that are looking for songs about the devil and whores. <laughs> and and they're not going to, they're, they're not, they don't give a shit about that. Right. You know, they're thinking about the future of Iron Maiden. They're thinking about, you know, where they started may have only been 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, I started in 1980. Right. 1979. With I Iron think there is, there is a divide there. I've had this discussion with a friend of mine named Richard Scantz, who is a, a music journalist. And he was one of these, he admits he was late to the game with Iron Maiden. I don't think he even heard or listened to him until somewhere around the matter of life and death record. So he's, That's you know, a huge he, gate. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a big, I mean, it, so I understand it. And he and I have had this discussion and I thoroughly, totally can appreciate his perspective. If you came to Iron Maiden at say in the year 2000 versus you and I who came to Iron Maiden in 1980, your expectations of Iron Maiden are different. And I'm, and I'm glad those people exist to keep the, the Maiden powerhouse rolling because I would much rather have Iron Maiden be successful doing what they do with the ingredients they do it with than some manufactured, you know, fly-by-night, you know, pop band or whatever. Um, I would much rather see Iron Maiden be successful doing what they do. Of course. And they're taking their their fans on, on the journey that they're that – those fans expect them to take them on. Yeah. And it's not about what Jason and Dave like about Iron Maiden. It's about what Iron Maiden wants to do. Yeah. Fans that are all about that. The things that I love about Iron Maiden are what they've done for heavy metal, what they've done for me personally, what they've done for my songwriting, what they've done and continue to do for the for future generations that are just now getting into Iron Maiden. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't I can't think of a better note to end on. Um but uh thank God they're around. You know, I got to I got to say something. There's a solo, I think it's on the outro of Shinjutsu title track and I'm going to swear that it's uh, Jurgen, Jorgen, Jorgen. What's his name? Yannick. Yeah. Yon, thank you. Yeah. I blew that, didn't I? Yannick. Are you? Yannick. I'm questioning you. Is that correct? Is that his name? Yannick? That's his name. Yes. Is that how you say that? Yannick Gares. Okay. Yeah. What band was he in before Iron Maiden? Samson. No, no. Gillen. Gillen, not in Samson. He was in Gillen with Ian Gillen. And you know how he came into the Iron Maiden camp. Uh, Some people may know this, but uh, I have to be reminded of it from time to time. He actually kind of came into the Maiden camp by way of Bruce Dickinson's Tattooed Millionaire album. I knew he was on that. Yeah. Okay. And uh, this is obviously before he was in Iron Maiden. So he's kind of a holdover from Iron from right. uh, so, Bruce's solo. So there's a solo. I'm going to get a little bit nerdy here and I'm going to get a little bit uh, muso nerd, meaning 
um, hearing the guitar solo at the end of Shinjutsu, and there's this whammy bar technique, and I'm probably going to say what it's called. I'm going to say it's wrong, but it sounds like uh, not crickets, but like uh, it sounds like a really fast uh, whammy thing. Like it's like he's basically um he's not grabbing the bar and you know he's not doing dive bombs it's like it's something that steve vi does sometimes and it's kind of like you barely flick the bar and it does this right there's this thing happening in an iron maiden song i almost got mad (laughs) and i was like that is not dave murray (laughs) <laughs> that is not Dave Murray playing a solo right there. <laughs> that has I, to be that other guy. <laughs> that has to be, here you go. That has to be the new guy. Yeah, the new who's guy. Who's not new. He's been in the band, I don't know, 100 years. Yeah. <laughs> but my point is, is like, the, there's that kind of a solo at the end of the title track, and I'm going, wait a minute. When did Steve Vai join Iron Maiden? <laughs> I don't, I, that, that's, I don't, I don't recognize that part, but I'll listen to it and get back to me. And in, yeah. in another episode, we can, we can like take shots at each other about, yeah. about what you thought about <laughs> this little like crickets thing, Iron Maiden guitar solo, which is not, that's not, give me a wah pedal and like some ripping, you know, harmony solos and stuff that I like about Iron Maiden. But listen, everyone, if you agree or disagree with anything that we've said in this episode, listen to Iron Maiden. Put it in the comments, too. I'd love to hear what, what people have to say about what we said, and I'd want to hear their opinions as well. Make a record. Yeah, get, give the new Iron Maiden a total relaxed chance. Um, and if you're young and you already love what Iron Maiden has been doing since Fast and Punchy, you're in, you're in for a treat because you got to, like— you know, 120 minutes of pure drama. You got a whole weekend of weekend soundtrack. Put that on repeat and you won't know your name in about three days. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, again, Iron Maiden, I believe it's their 17th album, Senjutsu. And uh, again, I can only give nothing but praise and props to Iron Maiden for being just uh, a rare animal in in a music in a business that chews you up and spits you out, and what was hot, you know, today is is done by later today. So I like what you said earlier. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I know you were kind of chewing the fat there and making it making it nice and juicy there, but dude, they changed the world. Yeah, they changed my world. They changed our world, and. You're right. They they did it on their own terms. Yep. I really don't think that they were a band that set out to take over the universe. Nah. I I don't the see universe, how The universe the universe took the universe let them in. 
if they set out to take over the world, they would have listened to those guys in 1978 that told them to cut their hair and wear skinny ties. So <laughs> right. they never intended to take over well, the world. I, well, I think that uh, Steve had like some kind of mohawk when he recorded the first album. Oh, I, I don't know about that. I'd love Look to see pictures. I'd love to see pictures because he was adamantly opposed to anything that was you know, trendy at the time. and at the Yeah, time I think it it's a Derek Riggs story. So maybe there's some untruth in there because mm. I mean, Derek Riggs. I'm very suspicious he of went that. By, he went by the studio, actually, and it could have, this could have been early, early. This could have been like 77. He went by the studio or, seven, you know, so, and, and he met Steve Harris, who had more of like a shaggy mohawk kind of a thing. This is Derek Riggs talking. Wow. And he, I don't know, had some, man. he had some sketches. I mean, who cares what their hair looked like? No, I don't I, care I, what their hair care. looks like right now. But 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 I I, w I want people to look up some some stories about how Derek Riggs got the gig r drawing the uh the early Eddie. That's, well, the that's early Eddie, does, that's the what, early that's Eddie does have a punk rock look, that's for sure. But well, I, remember... I, think that, I think that when you think about the late 70s in, in England and London and uh, in, any end of London and figure out that uh, probably some, you know, there was some spiky hair going on oh, yeah. with members of Iron Maiden. Oh well, I don't know. So that, that's where I'm. That's where I'm. I don't know why. Listen to the guy with Eddie hair right now saying, "I don't know, dude. You got Eddie <laughs> hair right there. Your hair's <laughs> sticking up right there." So, and on that note, yeah, th this episode's already as long as the new Iron Maiden album. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, what else is new? Our our episodes are super super long. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I think that the. What do you think about the new artwork? I like it. I mean, I, I've, I've always been partial to Derek Riggs, but Derek's been gone for a long time. So. My point. Yeah, my point. So yeah. I, think that, I think that Iron Maiden, they're such a brand. They have multiple artists drawing multiple different versions of Eddie for different projects. Like yeah. there's, there's probably two or three different artists that are drawing Eddie for different T-shirt designs. There's a guy doing the album cover art. There's a guy doing the single art. There's a guy doing the the video animation, Eddie. There's a guy, see what I'm saying? So, yeah. But I think that this uh, Shinjutsu is, a li is, I think I like it, like, better than the last, like, I don't know, five things they've put out. Yeah, I, I, you know, again, like I said, I, I kind of stopped collecting. There's been a couple albums that have come onto my radar just sort of uh, accidentally in, yeah. you know, the last 20 years or so. I remember Brave New World being a really great album. I thought that was a nice comeback album. <clears throat> That's when Bruce and Adrian rejoined the band, and I thought that album was solid. Um, our friend Johnny Venom gave me a copy of an album called A Matter of Life and Death, and... That one is more of the new school Iron Maiden with the long epic songs and everything. But I actually found that one to be a, uh, an interesting listening experience because I felt like it had some ebb and flow and it had, you know, high points and low points and some shade and some dark and all that stuff that kind of gives you some sort of, uh, I don't know, it, 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 it breaks it up to the, 
it doesn't break it up. It just keeps the motion going in different directions to where you're not just kind of locked into one yeah. sort of tempo or whatever. And I thought, rec- you know, it's a record called a matter of life and death. Yeah. A matter of life and death. Is it it a bootleg. Was, <clears throat> no, no, it's an official studio record. It probably came out maybe oh. 10 years ago. You're so. scaring me, man. And then there was they, an album. They have that, 17 records, and that means uh, there's about 14 of them that I don't have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's getting harder and harder to keep up with them because they keep... Well, and that, I jest a little bit. You know, I've, I've, I've got a bunch of Iron Maiden, but yeah, there's just there's just too many. Look, let's, let's, uh, let's keep it where we are now and, and just you know, give them the, the medals and the crowns and yeah, and say how proud we are of them to, um, to have just accomplished what they've accomplished as a band. Um, yeah. and I'm sure that we will talk about Iron Maiden again on this show. Um, can't have a rock and roll metal show without bringing up Maiden it, from time to time. It's, it's inevitable. And, uh, you know, I know they're important to you. And they're, oh, yeah. important, they're important to a lot of people. So yeah. uh, as we were saying a little while ago, I think that people should give uh, give the new record a chance. Um, shit, I feel like I'm late in the game because I said earlier, man, there's a lot of people holding that record up saying, fuck yeah. 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 Um, I, I plan to give it a few more listens. We did kind of jump on this episode sooner than, you know, we had a chance to fully digest the album. But it's it, okay. It, it is, uh, again, I, I mean, I feel like I've said this five times already tonight, but uh, more power to them, up the irons. I mean, dude, if you can do what you want to do in this world and uh, make a comfortable living at it, doing things on your terms, you've succeeded. And uh, I got nothing but respect for that. So on that note, before we turn this into a double album, <laughs> Let's uh, let's sign off, man. It was great talking to you and just having the two of us to uh, kick it back and forth. I know we've been really lucky with some great guests lately, and I and I and I really appreciate the the people that we've had on the show and will continue to have on the show. But it was nice to reconnect, just me and you. So, well, uh, that's going to happen really- again. I just I I you know I'll take this time to say that this is this is kind of important um, that we can just get in here and like. Uh, you know, uh, you know, friendly fire, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, shoot, shoot, shoot at each other, and uh, and make sure that um, you know we're doing okay, and that everyone's doing okay, and and you know, um, talk about the reasons we like something and the reasons we feel like we should talk about it. And I think that we did that today with uh, this episode, mainly focusing on the release uh, Shinjutsu by Iron Maiden. And uh, Dave, you want to take us out? Yeah. And I just want to sign off by saying I I really do mean uh, that I would love to hear from our listeners. If you've got any comments about the new Iron Maiden album or any comments about something we've said about the Iron Maiden album on this episode, please feel free to share your thoughts with us. We really love hearing your opinions. And especially on this topic, I'm interested to know what everyone out there thinks of this new Iron Maiden album. And on that note, I am Metal Dave, along with my co-host Jason McMaster, wrapping up another episode of the Talk Louder podcast.
Bye now.